This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey there, welcome to The Garden Show. Happy New Year. Uh, this is Dean Holland, the newest little cutting in the garden. Just to <laughs> feel kind of like an amaryllis, I think, this week, just poking up through the gravel. Yeah. There and. You uh, yeah, it's my pleasure to welcome Charlie Dobbin. How are you? Good morning. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Happy New Year. We don't waste any time at all. We like slip in in the first <laughs> nine hours of the new year. Hey, you know, it's all about the gardening. 24-7, yeah. 365, we do it. Yeah, we do. We, how was your Christmas? It was very, uh, it was very low key, of course, but it mm-hmm. was very nice. Um, both the children were home. They're not really yeah. children anymore. They're grownups. But they were both home, and we uh, had some great food, some wonderful outdoor walks, uh, played some chess, you know, did those kind of family things. It was it was very very nice. Yeah, we had a very very similar Christmas. We were we were down one. This was a new Christmas for us because it was the first time we didn't have all four of ours at home. So uh, one of ours is overseas, spending Christmas with her uh, with her significant other in England. So nice. uh, yeah, yeah. So that was. Uh, it was, it was, you know, that was not a great detail, but you know, she's over there and I think, uh, she's been, she's been tuning in and listening to the show too. So, cause you oh. can do that on the World Wide web, right? Not absolutely. Just go to am740.ca, go to, uh, gar, you know, go to, uh, listen, what is it? Listen live. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, and you live. too can listen and watch. Mind you, you won't see much because we're both in our home studios today. We're not we on camera in the studio. That's right. So I'm in Collingwood, Ontario, and you are in Prince Edward County. I am. And and so we were just chatting before the show, and mm-hmm. I was speaking with a friend who, oh, you know what, before I start rambling on, why don't you give the phone number? Yeah, I'll do that, yeah. We'll, so if we'll you're, do some ramble. Yeah, and of course, because we would love for you to call in with any of your gardening questions. Uh, if you are in the Toronto area, just call 416-360-0740. And anywhere in the province of Ontario, it is a toll-free call, one 740 Of course, the mantra is the same, even though it's a new year. We'd love you to call early, call often, and please, one question per call. And uh, yeah, so uh, so you have uh, a little, oh yes, oh right, and, and if you are a first-time caller, let Carlos know, okay, um, and because we'll give you your gardening wings. There you go, they're all ready to go. There it is. And you have an you have an announcement that you wanted to make, right? Well, I just want to remind people, I did mention this when we were last uh, together two weeks ago, that there is an upcoming event. It is a Zoom event. It can be enjoyed from anywhere in the world. Uh, it's put, produced and put together by the Toronto Master Gardeners. And for more information, of course, torontomastergardeners.ca. It's happening next Saturday, January the 8th. It's from 9 a.m. to 2.30 Eastern Standard Time. The subject is ecological gardening. So it's a virtual update for the Master Gardeners, but everyone is welcome to attend. Uh, It will really 
open your eyes to some new outlooks, I think, on, on how to garden, uh, um, you know, how to, how to look for opportunities to, you know, expand your, your own personal garden wings, if you will. And also, of course, meet some other gardeners, some chat with other gardeners from all over the world. And it's a, it's a pretty fun group, so certainly worth checking in with. And they have some wonderful speakers lined up next Saturday morning. So just remember that and consider attending. Only okay. $30. Oh, sure. That sounds great. I know we, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago before the Christmas break, and I know you spoke very, very highly of uh, the master gardeners and all that you can learn from them. Absolutely. They are a keen bunch. Yeah, okay. <laughs> They do a fair amount of studying to become a, an actual master gardener. It's it's not a term that's used lightly. It's it's okay. quite a lot of work and a lot of studying and being tested and then ongoing updating and technical updating, which is what this is all about. Keeping keeping all the master gardeners as cutting edge as possible. Gotcha. Okay. Listen, we have to go to our first break, uh, but uh, when we come back, we'll continue our, our chatting about things garden and uh, hopefully uh, grab a collar or two. Okay. We'll be right back. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Indeed, this is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, and I'm Dean Holland, and uh, this is Zoomer Radio, and this is just the first handful of hours of 2022. Did, mm -hmm. did you do anything interesting on New Year's last night there, Charlie? Well, Dean, I, I did... Uh talk to some people. <laughs> I made yep. a real effort to sort of touch base and say happy new year to various friends, one of whom is a you know a favorite of the show, mm -hmm. Frank Proctor. Yeah. How was Frank? Yeah, I had a nice chat with him and surely they sounded great. I mean, again, you know, everybody's having one of those low-key New Year's, no, no wild and crazy parties. But you know, he and he and Shirley sounded really good. They had, had a nice Christmas event with his entire family, all the grandchildren and the sons and daughters-in-law and all that. So they had had a, a nice family get together. And um, yeah, he sounded really good. I, I was super pleased to hear him sounding as chipper as he, as he was. So big yeah. shout out to Frank. I, I challenged him to be awake to listen to the show this morning. So <laughs> yeah. hopefully he is. <laughs> yeah, well, and a lot of people, I think this is a sleep-in kind of morning, isn't it? Because, you know, a lot of people I'm, I'm just try and stay up until that mid night hour and uh, then uh, catch a, a few more z's in the morning well no kidding i actually watched a double bill well elliot and i watched a double bill ryan reynolds movies last night and it got started because of betty white passing away yesterday yes that yeah. guy was talking about her and then her and ryan reynolds made a movie called the proposal back in 2009 she was one feisty woman she was so great in that movie and uh so anyway we got we got watching ryan reynolds movies and uh and made it up well past midnight as a result yeah yeah <laughs> uh, uh, yeah he tweeted something about he tweeted something in fun and then very seriously about her but uh, it, it was indeed there was something about betty white that mm -hmm. although she was the age that she was she never seemed to really be that old so boy did she connect with a lot of generations my yeah. 28 year old son was texting us yesterday morning going betty white died yeah. like you know this was a thing a thing in his world now he's a serious movie guy but still yeah. i was surprised then he found some behind the scenes very funny betty and and ryan reynolds um 
movie clip that was a uh, very you know put together obviously a montage to make everybody laugh that was made during the making of of the movie called the proposal right. and there was a lot of teasing going on there it was very yes. fun. well she had a very very impressive career of uh, yeah. about 80 years my goodness so now listen i i have a question i've got some emails but i have a quick question i purchased i purchased the plant last night as a matter of fact i was going through the going through the grocery store picking up some things that i needed and i thought i'm going to grab a flower for my wife and so <laughs> and i was looking at these things it's it's a anthurium is that correct mm-hmm. yeah is that a type of orchid uh, no no it kind of it was it was next to the orchids but it, oh. it, anyway and it was this is my question it was marked down i i it was marked down by 50 percent mm-hmm. and i'm looking at it going i don't think there's anything really wrong with this so i grabbed it i felt like i needed to rescue it so <laughs> i mean all it's got is a little bit of brown on one leaf but right. um I mean, is, is there any special care that I have to give this thing? Okay, so a couple of things. Whenever you bring a new plant into your home and you already yep. have plants in your home, isolate that plant or put it into its own little personal bubble quarantine just on principle for the next 10 days to two weeks. You never know. Just because okay. you're not seeing anything wrong with it, you're not seeing any evidence. And it, I mean, it looks pretty healthy. You right. sent me a photograph. But still, always on principle – quarantine new plants just because you'll just kick yourself if suddenly all your plants are infested with something and you go damn it was that half price one i brought home on new year's yeah so so in this day and age the word quarantine is is certainly one that we we banter around a lot we know that word we we? know that word so it's a 10-day quarantine for this plant yeah yeah just pretend it's got covid and it's got to be left on its own in isolation for 10 days so i think the reason it was on sale if you look at the um the little care tag that's attached to the plant anthuriums are actually a really nice long-lasting easy to grow house plant but the flowers, which is not truly the flower, but that heart-shaped, shiny yeah. leaf should be bright red, and it's not. The one it's you green. buy is green. Yeah. yeah. So that's why they made it half price because it, it should be bright, bright red. Gotcha. So in my mind, it's sort of my, my Charlie Brown plant. Oh, you're just a savior of all things. Aren't you? <laughs> I can have, can I have a, a table in my in my house of all these saved plants. <laughs> It's good, though. I mean, I certainly over the years I've saved, I can't tell you how many plants I've saved, and then they grow and they grow. And before you know it, they're so big, you're looking for, a, you know, somebody to give them away to. But um, but anthurium, I'd, I'd highly recommend just because they're, like I say, fairly easy plants. They do well in average room temperatures. Make sure it's in a bright light in, okay. the, in the winter, like now. You could put it right in a window, any window at all. Uh, west or south is fine, you know, really bright windows, the brightest ones you've got. Come summer, though, move them so that they're not right in the window because they'll tend to burn if they're in the south or the west, gotcha. make more north or east. Uh, they do take more water than you would expect. So if you like to water plants, which some people do, this is a great plant. It does like to be kept moist at all times. So you do okay. want to give it a little bit of water every few days. Feel the compost. It should be moist, not soggy, but moist. You should feel moisture on the surface. Uh, make sure, of course, it's got drainage, so it's not sitting in water. Yes. Uh, but this, the surface of the soil should always be moist. And okay. um, it likes high humidity. Anything you can do to increase humidity, misting is good. Um, keeping it in a place like a bathroom or a kitchen where the humidity tends to be higher than the rest of the house can be uh, very effective as well. And um, and other than that, they're, they're just really nice plants to have. 
And is there any chance that the those leaves that look like flowers may turn a color or is it destined to stay green in your opinion? I think the ones that you've got there now will stay green. However, I think new ones will grow and they will be red as long as you give it enough light. It's, okay. it's actually a bit weird. I'd have to figure out why those are green in the first place. Could be a nutrient thing. I've never seen green anthurium. <laughs> They're always red. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm going to buy a lottery ticket today. <laughs> maybe it's a mutant. Maybe you started a new thing there and you'll be able to name it yourself and, and you know introduce a new plant onto the market. Gotcha. Well, I'm <laughs> <laughs> on, on that note, we're going to take a quick break, uh, but uh, do give us a call. Again, the numbers are 416-360-0740 anywhere in Ontario or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We will be right back. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, The Garden Show is back. I'm Dean Holland, and I'm here in studio with Charlie Dobbin. Charlie, we have hey. some callers on the wait, line. Wait, wait. But Dean, yeah. Yeah. Go anywhere. you just said we're here in studio. You're in your studio. Oh, that's true. Well, that's true. My studio, yes, which we are multi-hundreds of kilometers away that's, from each other. That's very true. I'm <laughs> like two hours north of Toronto, and you're like two hours east, east of Toronto. But hey, you know, in, oh, sorry to interrupt, but you know, in that break, I just quickly looked up why yeah. anthurium plants might have green flowers. Okay. Um, and my, my guess was correct. It could be uh, something that's happened in the greenhouse, the way they grew the plants, uh, that they, they're green because they've over-fertilized them or provided weird hormones to them. Either way, uh, and oh, oh, the other thing is there actually is a variety. So you're not going to be able to introduce this as a new variety. There actually is an anthurium that has green leaves. So okay. wait and see. Those leaves may turn red. They may just fade away and die. You cut them off. And yeah. when new flowers come, they're likely to be red. But just so you know, it does, the plant looks good. Don't panic. Yeah, you know what? And I don't mind the green leaves at all. I have no problem with it. It's my my nice little mutant green anthurium. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have Dan on the line. Dan from Toronto. How are you on this Happy New Year morning, Dan? I'm great. Happy New Year. Morning. Hello. Yeah. Have you got you got a question there for yeah. Charlie, Dan? Yes, I do. Uh, about two months ago, about two months ago, a friend of mine gave me a piece of a geranium, uh, a little cutting off a geranium and uh, i put it i put it in water and uh, now it's sprouting it has uh, roots uh, growing from that piece of geranium uh when do i when do i uh, put it into soil and what kind of soil do i put it into hey good question and lucky you it's nice to have geranium cuttings started early because what you'll find is that plant may even start to flower for you in the next month or so as long as it's in enough light um yeah. you want a small pot uh small as in maybe a four inch six oh, inch okay. at the biggest never take a little plant into a huge big pot so you know wash out some existing plastic pot you've got kicking around with drainage holes in it make sure it's clean and then a sterile potting mix it could be you know a brand new potting mix you pick up at the store you may have something at home right now make sure it's clean it's sterile it's in a bag it has no weeds no diseases no pests moisten that media fill your little pot uh, tamp it down not not with a lot of shoulder but firmly tamp the soil into the pot Use a pencil, <clears throat> stick a little hole in the middle, 
take your geranium cutting, stick that okay. geranium cutting into that hole, and then firm the soil around the stem of the plant, water once, put it in a sunny window, and just let it dry down between waterings. Thank you very much. I can't wait to try it. Yeah, oh, it's fun. And once yeah. you started propagating geraniums by cuttings, you will never look back. <laughs> okay, thanks a lot, Charlie. Have a great day. Uh, enjoy the new year. Thanks for calling, and happy new year to you. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Uh, you know what? He, uh, Dan just brought me back a fabulous memory. I remember my my grandmother, who's been gone now for a, a few years now. She, uh, As I told you, she was quite a gardener, and she was a big fan of geraniums, and I'm certain that she also uh, had cuttings in, in glasses and jars on her windowsill. Absolutely. That's what we all do. We, we fall in love with the geranium usually one summer, and then we bring it in for the winter, and there it is in December, January, February, and it's all scraggly and skinny and not so pretty and pale. And you get out your scissors and you cut off all those tips and jam them into glasses of water. And before you know it, you got 20, 30 more little geraniums yeah. working away on your windowsill. And I got to tell you, for whatever reason, in my youth, I was not a big geranium fan. Now, I have become one. Um, and uh, But my grandmother said she loved them because they continued to bloom all summer long. Yeah, that's true. Well, they're an annual flower. but yeah. And you know what it might be a bit of, too? I think climate change might be uh, contributing to the popularity of geraniums. They're very tolerant of hot, dry summers. Right. I, you know what? I love the, the the lines of them and the shapes of them. I have a favorite box that I love to put them in. I, I, I'm quite quite fond of them now. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, we are going to go to Georgetown now. Uh, we have a caller on the line. Anne, how are you this morning, Anne? Sure. Hey there, Anne. That's my first call to you. Oh, okay. Here we go. There we are. There's your garden wings there, Anne. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you much. Nice hearing you. I listen to you every morning when you're on. Nice. What's going I on at your place? I have an amaryllis. So I want to know how I look after it. My son gave it to me for Christmas, and mm -hmm. there was no what to do on it. So right now it's in a pot. Does it have flowers on it? No, it's just got a long stalk with the bulb on the top or the flower coming out, and then two other ones on the side of it. Sweet. It's going to flower like crazy for you in the next few weeks. Oh, make sure okay. you've got in, make sure it's in a bright, sunny spot. So oh, windowsill, kitchen countertop, somewhere where it's going to get lots of sun. Oh, There's okay. Sunnier, lots of sun. It, yeah, and you'll find that if you give it lots of sun, it won't get quite so tall. Um, oh. They tend to get very tall and very top-heavy once the flowers open. Right. So you're going to have to spin the pot in, the, in its location, 180 degrees, Pretty much every day, I would spin it once a day, and that way you can keep that flower stock and subsequent flower stocks nice and straight. There's Do not two other water ones coming out on the side of it. Is that another flowers coming out? Could be. Yep, I've got an amaryllis right now. It's setting up its third flower stem right now. Oh, okay. All right. I thought there were leaves or something. Oh, and there will be leaves. The, the leaves will look different from a flower stem because the leaves are flat. You know, they almost look like a <clears throat> daylily or something like that. But the one thing to be careful of is do not overwater that plant. Feel the soil. It is a big bulb. So remember, you don't want it to be soggy. The soil must dry down between waterings. Okay, fine. All righty. Thank you much. Have a happy new year. Thank I you. You too. Enjoy your amaryllis. Thanks, Anne. 
I sent you a picture of the um, <clears throat> of the amaryllis that uh, that I have. Uh, I, I sent you a picture, and I and it it's very exciting because, of course, <laughs> when I bought it back in mid December and gave it to uh, my wife, it was just sitting down there. There was nothing but a bulb, and now it's oh, it's it got to be about six or seven inches high now. And and when you bought it, it's interesting. It's kind of interesting it's in a bit of a vase with gravel. Was it like that when you bought it? It was, yeah. And I remember I was a bit concerned because I was expecting it to be in soil, mm-hmm. uh, which then I could touch with my hand and I could feel, you know, that it was moist or not. But with the gravel, you can't. Now, they've put it in a clear vase, as you, as the picture shows. And so what I realized is that by tipping it a tiny, tiny bit, you can see where the water line is. And so uh, I took your advice and just, I think you said to just have the water kiss the bottom of the bulb. Is that correct? That's correct. So uh, I was going to say, it looks pretty good. You must have followed my advice. You never want a bulb underwater, but you do want the water to just kiss the base of the bulb. So you check it every day. And remember, you too, spin that plant okay. uh, in the window and you will find it's, oh, it's so rewarding. Amaryllis are the best. Mm-hmm. And I have not been spinning it. I've been making sure that it's in a southern window, uh, but I have not been spinning it. So I will I will do that right after the show. I will go up and I will spin my amaryllis. <laughs> Put it on your to do list. <laughs> Put it on my to do list. Uh, can I do Let's do a, a quick email. I've got, you know, I have an email from somebody who um, she says she's become a bit of a, a Hoya queen since the onset of covid. Uh, I keep them, I keep most of them at work due to the south or southeast window location. She has 11 in total. In late October, early November, the, is it the H, the Australis, Australis, started dropping a few of its lower leaves and the rest of the leaves have become very thin, cannot find any info on websites. There are no insects that I can see. She checks them regularly. She mists them daily, except for the weekends when she's not there. She tried increasing the watering somewhat and a leaf dropping result, but she, she just cannot figure out what's going on. Okay. Yeah. So this is a great email. Thank you. This is from uh, Mia. Mia. This is from Maya in, in Barry. Maya in yeah. Barry. So she sent some very good photographs. You know, a for a for photography from uh, from Mia because sometimes I get some really blurry, hard to see what's going on photos. But she's done a fine job. And this is her office, her big window, big window ledge, Hoya all the way down the uh, the ledge. Now she, like she said, she's become a bit of a Hoya queen. She does know what she's doing. She sent photos of what she's referring to as Australis. I'm not 100% convinced that this is Australis because Hoya Australis has leaves that are almost round. The more traditional Hoya that we often grow as houseplants are much more of an oval leaf. And the one she sent, eh, they're oval, they're sort of almost round, but not quite. So I'm not convinced, like I said, that this is Australis. But I think the issue that she's fighting, which is the leaves thinning out the leaves dropping is due to overwatering. Hoya are very t- tricky to water in the winter because they virtually go dormant. Um, they, they're, uh, you know, so unlike say the anthurium we were talking about, which is, you know, a plant that wants to be kept moist all the time and is happy in room temperatures, you'll find that Hoya actually would prefer a little cooler than regular room temperatures. They like it more like 55, 60 in the winter or 13 to 15 Celsius. Uh, they do not want to be in any drafts. Now, that's true of any of your houseplants. 
generally speaking, no drafts, no, not, no vents blowing hot air, no windows blowing cold air or front doors or anything like that on your tropical house plants. You'll really uh, see some damage to the plants if there's drafts. Humidity is important, just like it was with the anthurium. Mist, 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 which she said she does daily, which is great. Consider a pebble tray. That's that little shallow tray. Fill it with gravel or pebbles. Keep water in the tray at all times and keep the plant, the hoya in this case, up on top of the gravel. So you've always got that moisture evaporating around the plant. You do want to strive for 40 to 60 percent humidity on with the hoya and with generally all of your tropical house plants. Um, remember, in the winter, most of our house plants want less water than they do in the summer, and hoya absolutely meets that criteria. So better to underwater than overwater in the winter time. So feel the soil. You want it to not be desert-like parched, but you do want it to be dry to the touch. So you're going to feel the surface of the soil where the Hoya are growing. You want to feel no moisture. Give a little press. You'll get a maybe a little bit of a give telling you there's a little bit of moisture there. Maybe wait another day and then water with room temperature, preferably if you've been able to save or can collect rainwater. They will love, love rainwater, much more than our tap water. So that's what I would do. And she, it looks good. I wouldn't worry. I think that you're totally on the right track, Mia, and do whatever you can to, to uh, enjoy Keep misting, keep them in those sunny spots. Once they start blooming, her office is going to be amazing because most of these are very, very fragrant plants and mm. they have usual flowers as well. Nice. Okay, thanks for the email, Mia from Barry, the Hoya Queen. And uh, <laughs> if you have, uh, if you would prefer to send something by email to Charlie, uh, her email is c dot dobbin at mzmedia.com. Okay, you can just send that, and we will do our best to uh, get to it right away. Uh, the numbers before we go to our call, uh, and we do have lines open four one six three six zero zero seven four zero anywhere in Toronto, or if you are uh, anywhere else in the province of Ontario, one 866 Right now, we're going to go to Burlington. We've got uh, Nancy on the line. How are you, Nancy? Oh, hi. Um, Happy New Year. I'm, I'm, Happy New I'm, Year to you. I yeah. must have not listened carefully because I wasn't sure that you were going to be on this morning. Uh, so uh, when I put the uh, station on, I was really pleased. Uh, uh, Charlie, um we cut down, we being my daughter and I, cut down a, a lilac tree that has, um, it, it's too close to the house. And uh, what I, I need to know is, is there any way of uh, dealing with all of the um, shoots that have come up um, that uh, we need to get rid of? Is there anything that I can uh, put on those uh, when we cut, we've cut them back down, but they're still uh, above soil level? Yeah, and is this right close to the house? Is it part of a garden, or what do you uh, want to have was, grow there? Anything? It was um, a part of a garden that um, can't be a garden because there's maple trees around, and and it's just so invaded with roots that it's mm. almost impossible to have a garden. But it's so close to the house, it was interfering with the eaves, um, mm. so uh, we we just had to take it down. Right. Okay. So, I mean, with all that shade and with all that competition from the maple roots, the lilacs probably weren't thriving and never will. 
What I would do, you're right, there's a lot of energy still in the lilac roots. If you can cut them lower, cut them just below ground, that will help. They will continue to sprout. And your job or your daughter's job or together, if you can get out, check daily, really. And if you start to see any green growth on those shoots that are, you know, at ground level, uh, bend down and break them off. If you can limit any leaves that are growing, so avoid any photosynthesis going on in those plants, the lilac will die eventually from lack of ability to photosynthesize. It will end up using the energy in the roots and it will end up dying. Uh, but you will have to be stay on it and remove any leaves the day you see them just to speed up that process. Otherwise, it's more... What comes to my mind, unless somebody's got a better idea, is uh, you can poison that plant. Something like salt will kill the lilac, but it will unfortunately leave residue in the soil and potentially uh, cause some detrimental effects on the maples. So that's why I wondered if you had other things growing nearby. Lilacs are very vigorous. It will take uh, some time. It might take all summer to end up killing that plant just by taking off the leaves as they grow. I'm not, I, I have used that salt poisoning uh, only in a situation where I wanted absolutely nothing to grow because, you know, you make the soil salty and nothing will grow. Okay. Okay. Um, I think we can oh. do that. Um, it was, you say, uh, we'll have to be diligent. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's herbicides out there too, things like. Um, it's actually vinegar-based uh, herbicides that we use to kill weeds that are growing up in our patio stones, for example. So yeah. carefully spraying that that liquid herbicide onto the leaves. If you end up some leaves start growing and you think maybe this will also be effective, spray very carefully just on the leaves of the plants you want to kill. Those herbicides should also contribute to killing the lilac sooner than later. Uh, so, so putting them on on the stalk uh, isn't going to really be helpful. Not at all. No, it won't make any difference on the bark of the tree. It's the green leaves that need to be sprayed, and that they will just shrivel up right before your very eyes. And that's it's just another way. Instead of you taking the leaves off and composting them, spraying them, they will sh- they should shrivel up, turn yellow, and drop to the ground literally within an hour or two. Yeah. Okay. okay, well, thank okay. you very much, and I'm so so glad that you're on on New Year's Day. <laughs> Thanks so much for calling. We okay, actually didn't right, know whether bye-bye. we were going to be on either. <laughs> yeah, but yesterday afternoon. <laughs> but here we are. Now we have to take a quick break. We do have uh, we do have a caller on the line waiting. We'll get to uh, that right when we get back from our quick break. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, welcome back to the Garden Show. I am I'm one of my New Year's resolutions. I, I'm going to learn that little song. I, I'm going to learn all those plants, and I'm going to do it for you on one of these upcoming episodes. I just love that. It just gets my toes tapping. I'm Dean Holland, and I cannot think of a better way to start the new year than to be on air with Charlie Dobbin. Thanks, Dean. Uh, my pleasure. We have uh, I have a lot of fun with you. Now I got a call around the line. I got to tell you and. Uh, 
It says that Dennis is from Simcoe, and that reminds me of my Christmas childhood because I'm pretty sure I know that we used to go to Simcoe to see the Christmas lights. How are you this morning, Dennis? Yes, good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. It is. It is you guys still do the, the Christmas lights in Simcoe, yes? Yes, they do. They still do the Christmas panorama. We were down this year when there was snow. It's always nicer with the snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we used to drive there from the Hamilton area every year to see those lights. Wow. You have a question, do you, Dennis? Yeah, I'm calling regarding a Christmas cactus. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably 40 to 50 years old. I've got two pictures in my hand from 2005, 2006, and it's just full of blooms. This year, there's not too many blooms, although we did replant it last summer. Any suggestions? That could be part of it. That replanting is uh, is a good thing to do. It's hard to do with such a big plant. How how big is the plant? Uh, Right now, if I'm looking at it across, it's probably two feet around in a circle. It's quite big, yes. And so what size pot is it in now, roughly? I think it's probably an 8 or a 10-inch pot. It wasn't a smaller pot before, and this one just one size bigger than before. Wow, and some fresh soil, obviously. Yes, yes, it does have this, it does have a few blooms that are here and there, but it's nothing like it used to be. Right. So, the, and I imagine the repotting was a bit of a team effort. It wasn't something you could just do by yourself. Oh, actually, my wife did it. <laughs> oh, she did. Okay, yeah, because I mean, so often we just sort of flip a plant upside down, and we you know we fiddle around, we drop it in a new in a new pot. But the like a forty to fifty year old Christmas cactus is a pretty stocky plant it's a you know got some heft to it for sure so i'm sure it's very happy for the the fresh soil and the bigger pot and it put a lot of energy and it's still putting quite a lot of energy into new roots so that's why i wouldn't be at all worried about lack of flowers this year as long as you give it what it loves so what does it love it wants bright bright light uh, it doesn't mind cool temperatures, and as a matter of fact, cool temperatures, I find, will often help the plant set buds. So if you have a room in your house that's cooler than some of the others, or you just have a, a bright, bright, sunny window, make sure the plant is is right in the window, not touching the glass, but it's always cooler near a window than away from a window, and that those cool temperatures will help. And, uh, and yeah, the brightness, the sunniness, the cool temperatures, and only water when dry. So feel the soil. Do not water by the calendar. Feel the soil. You want it to, you know, very much be dry on the surface and have very little give to the media or the, the potting mix when you press. You want it to be pretty, pretty hard before you give it a thorough watering with room temperature water. And can you put it in a cupboard or something in the fall? And what would the timing that be? No, you don't need to put it in a cupboard. What I do is I put them out for the summer so that they're out in the the bright, real sunshine all summer. And I leave them out until there's been some frost. So or like a, you know, a small, like a light frost, not a not a 10 below frost, but even a, you know, minus one, minus two. They're outside. Uh, Mind you, I've usually moved them into some shade by the time we get to the frost point so that when I bring them inside, it's not a total shock from bright light to to low light inside the house. But I find those low temperatures, they're absolutely covered, covered in buds when I bring them in. It might be November when I'm bringing them in. Okay, thank you very much. We enjoy your show every week. Thanks so much. Thanks for calling and Happy New Year. Happy New Year's. Bye-bye. Thank you. Yeah, you know what? I had no idea, honestly, and, and that Christmas cactuses could live that long. That's I know. I was going to say, isn't that cool? And so yeah. that, like, I have one that my aunt 
bequeathed to me, and she probably had it for 20 years, and I've now had it probably 10 years. So it's getting up there, but it's not a huge plant. I, I'm not very I, – I rarely water. And I'm not very good at fertilizing. So what you'll find with plants that are flowering now – so that goes to the anthuriums. Some people have orchids that are flowering, Christmas cactus, um, amaryllis. Some of the plants that are actually quite actively flowering now, they can be fertilized now. However, most of our plants are not flowering and need to be just left – to, to just, you know, a little bit of water as mm-hmm. necessary. We'll wait till March before we start fertilizing those ones. But the good thing is, is March is just around the corner. Yeah, well, it's, it's, that is very encouraging, and I love to hear that. <laughs> wow. Now, we ha- uh, let's go to a quick break. I do have some callers waiting on the line, but we're going to take a quick break first. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Indeed, this is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And Charlie, I have a couple of callers on the line. Actually, Nancy is on the line. She just spoke to us about 15 minutes ago, but she has another question. How are you doing, Nancy? Oh, I'm doing well, and, and thank you for taking my second call. But I've learned that uh, off-season is the best time to call Charlie. <laughs> Indeed. Welcome back, Nancy. <laughs> thank you. Um, I, I took some pods from my daughter's sweet pea vine, and um, I've never grown them before. I have them uh, just in a box. Uh, is there anything that I should do in order to prepare to uh, plant them in my own garden? Okay, so that'll be an interesting experiment. Uh, I assume they were mature when you took them off the vine so that you can feel the the seeds inside the pods are big and round yes excellent i would definitely keep them like you said in a box is good you want to keep them in the dark you want to keep them dry uh and what and you're right you are going to want to plant them directly in the garden sweet peas are not a plant that likes to be transplanted so I would just, uh, I don't know whether you're going to put them in an above-ground container or into right into the ground, into but the you're ground. going to wait until our temperatures outside and our soil temperatures particularly have, have gone above 50 degrees Fahrenheit or 10 degrees Celsius before you plant those seeds. Um, but yeah, don't wait too long. Like don't wait till June or anything. It'll probably be late May. It might be in Burlington. Yeah, it might be late may it might be early june and you'll just plant them uh, about a half an inch deep a centimeter deep and water thoroughly obviously and see what comes up the seeds that were formed from your daughter's plants will not likely be the same plants that she was growing but that's okay because sweet peas come in all different colors anyway okay that's good advice okay. I, i'll uh, i'll do my best yeah good stuff let us know how that works out okay yeah. Thanks, Nancy. All right. Thank you. Right. Bye-bye. So some things do not like to be transplanted. That's correct. Okay. Now, you and I, you and I are both transplants. We've done well. (laughs) Because you're a a Toronto girl, right? 
Yeah, for most of my life, I yeah. was in the GTA for sure. But uh, yeah, I yeah, know some plants really resent. They call that they resent transplanting. Yeah. So sometimes we direct, if we're seeding them particularly, we direct seed them rather than seeding them in a pot and then taking them outside. We just seed them directly. I mean, think of carrots. You, mm-hmm. it's, It always makes me laugh when you see the little starter plants in the spring for sale and they'll have beets and carrots. And yeah some plants where you go hmm why would i ever want to transplant a carrot plant like why would i just plant the seeds the seeds yeah right? yeah fair enough yeah oh, well i'm a transplant as you know up in yeah. collingwood i've been here for about 18 years now but and my hometown is where we're going to go next because we have and the what a perfect name for the garden show we've got rose on the line from hamilton <laughs> how are you rose hey Oh, from across the ocean. There you are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. How and are I, you, Rose? I'm calling about an amaryllis. I was given one, and it's it's in a plastic pot. It, mm-hmm. You're not supposed to water it or anything. What I want to know is what do I do with it once it's flowered? Okay, so it's in a plastic pot, but did it come with a little bag of soil? No, no soil or nothing. It's wrapped. It, it It's... Uh, uh, the bulb itself, it's it's in a wrapped in it's it's in plastic. It's a plastic container, and it says not to water it. Uh, it it's going to flower, and it looks like it's going to flower, but it didn't give me no instructions what to do afterwards. I'm probably uh, throw it out, right? Well, bottom line, Nancy uh, Rose, you have really two options. One option is once you've enjoyed the flowers, take the whole plant and put it in the compost. Uh, option two is unwrap whatever they wrapped around that bulb. I've seen them waxed. I've seen them uh, plasticized, as you as you suggest, and they'll have like a little wire stuck in the bottom exactly, so that they stand. And it, it not, uh, you said not to water it at all, and it is growing. I'm just yeah, worried. It, it will grow because... Rose, the reason it will grow is because it's got a lot of energy inside that bulb. It's like the one that um, Dean's got growing in gravel. All the energy is coming from within the bulb right now. There's no, um, like particularly in the case of yours, the plant is not absorbing any nutrients, any water, anything from anywhere except itself, which is why it's a very fun plant to enjoy for the next week or two, but then put it in the compost afterwards. Do not try and keep it alive. Or if you are going to try and keep it alive, you're going to need to get it into soil, but you're going to need to expose the bulb so that roots will grow. Yeah, so is it likely to be able to do this, or is it just going to be a waste of time? It depends how it's been wrapped up, like if it's how it's been sealed up. They they do seal the bulb to try and hold the moisture in so you can enjoy it for a couple of weeks. And like I said, I've seen them with wax on them. I've seen them with plastic. It's just, yeah. can you remove that coating without hurting the bulb you don't want to cut into the bulb well i'm worried about uh, that because i i'm legally blind and i'm worried even if i try to cut it i'm going to yeah, find the bulb don't. so don't anyway, just compost that's what i'm just calling comp- for anyway yeah Thank if you. you're legally blind you will totally see this plant it is so big and so bright you will see it and that's great enjoy while you can and don't worry about trying to keep that bulb um whoever gave it to you this year remind them to give you another one next year i sure will thank you Thank you very much. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thanks, Thanks, Rose. Thank you. So so speaking of bulbs, Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, Charlie, quick update. Remember, I I mentioned before Christmas that, um, that, well, we talked about in December or late November, the squirrels had 
dug up a few of my wife's tulip bulbs. She was yes. she was fit to be tied. And then just because of, you know, all the stuff with the kids and Christmas coming and all those things like that, she and with and the snow, right? We didn't get them replanted. So she did something. I think she replanted them three days ago because because <laughs> we actually the, the temperatures have been so up and down. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now we don't have a lot of snow on the ground here, although the ski hills do have snow on them. Uh, but uh, yeah, she just like three days ago, two days ago, she went out and planted bulbs. I can't imagine another December 30th that I can think of that she was out planting bulbs. I know, particularly where you live. I mean, yeah. you live in, in an area that always, always guaranteed a meter of snow by Christmas. Like it's yeah. just, you know, and so, so the ski hills have been making snow. I guess it's been cool enough at night for them to be able to do that. It's been so mild where I am. It was really foggy last night. And now we have just tiny little bits of snow in the ditches, but virtually nothing. Everything's very green and very muddy. It's kind of brown and gray at my house today. Yeah, my I have two boys who uh, who ski and snowboard, and uh, yeah, the, one of them was out last night. And so, I mean, the ski hills are certainly still doing their things. And you're right, as long as it's about minus two, yeah. uh, they can blow, and they will blow snow all night long. So they've been building up the base, yeah. and so they've managed to keep that. Uh, but yeah, around the the and we're at the bottom of the escarpment, where of course you get to the top of the ski hills, and it's just a couple of degrees lower when uh-huh. you get up there. Uh, but yeah, down here it's yeah it's pretty darn mild. So she was right. able to get out there and plant those bulbs. And uh, and I think she was throwing peanuts around the yard, too, as you say, <laughs> try and distract the squirrels. <laughs> good idea. I like it. Gail's a good listener, obviously. <laughs> she is. <laughs> she is. Um, so now, uh, what have you got planned for the, uh, speaking of the mild temperatures, you, like, do you do anything different this time of year? Are you going to do any you know gardening what? or... No, you know what? Here's a suggestion. Do you? I'll make this fast because we only have less than a minute. Yeah. Do you have a real Christmas tree or artificial? We have a real one, and it's still up and still covered in decorations. Mine too. But what I'll be doing in the next week is undecorating and taking it outside. Yeah, us so, as well. Yeah. So instead of just, I don't. You might have curbside pickup. We don't. So my tree will go outside, and I have two things I might do. One is I jam it into the into the ground because it's so thawed right now. Yeah. And treat it like as if it's a real tree and then you can uh, hang like some bird seed like roll some pine cones and peanuts or in peanut butter hang those in your christmas tree turn your christmas tree into a bit of a, a bird sanctuary for the next month or so that can be a kind of a fun thing to do or cut off a lot of the boughs with your loppers and then use those boughs to go out into the gardens and provide a little bit of extra um, blanketing, if you will, over any of your tender plants. So that's my suggestions for Christmas tree care. And we're at a racetrack. Dean, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Happy New Year to you and, and you everyone too. else. Great show. Thanks to all our great callers. Thanks, Carlos. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.